All right, let's just kick it right off. Want to uh, first remind everyone to <laughs> cough, and <laughs> I'm an idiot. I want to start out with a scripture from the book of Psalms. Man, this poor old Bible of mine's taking a beating. Let's see what we have here. Here's something with a couple of stars next to it. Let's see what we can read of this. This is a book of Psalms, chapter 72, verse. 18 and 19. Blessed be Jehovah God, the God of Israel, who only does wonderful things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And that was, uh, that ends the Psalms of David, son of Jesse. So yeah, let, let the earth be filled with God's blessing. Something we definitely need right now. So, I want to get at something a, a little bit local. Something Ohio. Um, so the, the Secretary of State, Frank LaRose. Franklin, Frankie baby, Frankie brought out some uh, new uh, guidelines for this November's election. Um, some, uh, some I like, some I don't, one I don't. Um, It says, ready for November, ready for November. Small changes can bring big improvement for Ohio's election in the fall. Uh, this is like a bullet point thing. Greater flexibility for county administration of in-person voting. Not sure. I don't know what each of these really means, but you'll know the one I really hate when I get to it. Expand the absentee request deadline to allow more time for mail delivery. So they're going to give you more time to request your absentee ballot. Allow voters to request their vote by mail ballot online. Uh, this is where it starts to get... It starts to bug me. See, when you had apps, you have vote by mail already. It's called absentee voting. And it used to be that you were required to give a reason for your um, absentee ballot request. They mailed it to you. You took it to, you know, you did your voting. You took it to the post office, 
and you mailed it back and it costs a little bit more uh, than average because it's a larger envelope it was a larger envelope now that when I mailed my uh, we all had to vote by mail in the primary election the envelope was a lot smaller so it was probably a lot less postage it was probably the 55 cents or something now but um, I don't like this vote by mail uh, it makes it easier for Democrats to cheat and you know people to stuff the ballot box I mean yeah you can put measures in place that you know uh, in Ohio we have to either send in a copy of a driver's license or provide a driver's license number social security number or I don't know what the third one is well anyways but those are the main two you know I always put the last four digits of my social and then they match that up to your um, what's on file and also um, match your address and your name and all that stuff but uh, now you can request vote by mail online so anybody can vote by mail now um, empower the next check mark is empowering boards of elections to strengthen infrastructure and increase personnel so I don't really know what he means by that pay postage on elections mail so now you don't even have to put a stamp on your vote by mail and return envelope so you know this is just they've got money so they have to spend it um you know it sounds like you know this is a nice thing and oh this is how you know government should be done and all the liberals are going to love this because they're you know if the envelope is larger and requires more postage you know they're not going to go down to the uh post office and and uh, pay the extra dollar or whatever you know voting is a right it's a right I understand that it is your right to vote but rights come with responsibilities and we used to take our responsibility as American citizens in voting very serious and now they don't and this is just, you know, going to help Democrats stuff the ballot box with their, you know, lazy-ass voters that don't want to go out and vote on Election Day. You know, it used to be, like I said, you had to have a reason that you weren't, you weren't voting in person when you requested your absentee ballot you had to either be away from your polling location to where you couldn't go in and vote uh, like you were out of the country you were serving in the military you were working the polls uh, you were working period uh, you know something then they changed the law and it was a <clears throat> 
a, a court case changed the law that said anyone can request an absentee ballot. And now they're just calling it vote by mail, you know. Um, and eventually they're going to try to get online voting, I'm certain. But, you know, this is one of the things that Pelosi and the Democrats want. Because if they can send their constituents a ballot and then have them just mail it back, it's easier for them. They're going to, you know, it's going to help Democrats win. And, I mean... I guess I can't, you know, you can't suppress voters, and I'm not trying to, but if they're lazy, they get what they deserve, and the things that the, you know, extreme liberals and Democrats want to give America are so ridiculous, and things they want to do to our country, you know, they're going to... At least for a few years get more youth voters because this millennial generation is so liberal and so entitled and wants everything handed that as long as the Democrats are promising the the world to them, yeah, they'll mail that ballot in and vote straight Democrat every time. Now, you know, Republicans are just going to have to work harder and do the the mailing strategy, just like, you know, we lagged behind on the websites and the internet stuff at first, the internet fundraising and all those things, and now we've caught up and surpassed the DNC in that. Um, something I do like of Frank, and I like Frankie as a person, a fr one of my closest friends is Frank's best friend, and so as long as you're friends with that guy, I'm, I'm friends with you. Um, I won't say his name, but anyways, if you're a friend of my friend, MC, you're a friend of mine. Um, but he also says, you're more youth at the booth. Um, I don't know if that's something to encourage more young voters to get out or encourage more young people to work the polls. I would like to see more young people at the polls because the polls are becoming more technological. Um, like right now in Ohio, we have a machine where you walk up and you swipe your ID and your vote, your driver's license or your state ID. And it's confusing to a lot of older people. Um, I always say, you know, the average age of an election booth worker is 115 years old. And, uh, I'm only off by a year or two. And so, you know, getting more youth, young people that are more technologically savvy to, um, you know, work the polls would be cool. Getting more young people out to vote would be good if they, if they know what they're voting for and not like, oh, he, he says mean things on Twitter. It, it may, you know, whatever. Whiny little brats. You know, <laughs> I remember, um, you know, when I was a youngin, if you got caught smoking, uh, like I never really was into smoking when I was a kid. When I got out into college and started getting into politics, I started liking cigars because 
there's a stereotype of the old cigar smoking politician. But, you know, I can remember being way much under 21 years of age and having adults offer me beer. And I know, you know, that's like beyond a sin now. And I had friends that like, if their parents caught them smoking, mom and dad would make them smoke a, a pack of cigarettes one after another. And that uh, makes you kind of sick and teaches you not to do it again. We don't have parents like that anymore. Um, now, the, the generation of kids that are coming up behind the millennial generation are actually more conservative because it seems like, you know, one generation rebels against the one before it. That's just kind of how America is. But they also see what a stupid bunch of sissies they're older siblings or their parents are and want to be the opposite of that so but i don't think i should have to pay and it's more than 55 cents it's you know it adds up over you know millions of people i shouldn't have to pay for the vote i shouldn't have to pay for somebody else's right to vote I mean, that's a poll tax on me, right? I mean, you know, I go in and I vote, but, you know, I'm paying for, you know, 10 or 15 other people out of my taxes to go out there or sit on their ass at home because they're lazy and don't want to practice their right. And it's not just a right, it's a responsibility. And, you know, there's a responsibility to research candidates don't believe the commercials that are, you know, pro or con. You know, I'll give you one perfect, clear example. You know, the Clinton family was friends with Jeffrey Epstein until he finally, a judge that he couldn't buy off with his, there was finally a judge and, uh, law officers somewhere in New York that, or is it New York? Yeah, New York that said, you know, his sweetheart deal he got in Florida where he could never be prosecuted for sex with children again and uh, all this other stuff didn't apply. After he got busted real good the second time, then Bill Clinton disowned him, right? You see these quotes from, from Donald Trump from 2002 saying what a fine man Jeffrey Epstein is. You don't see uh, the fact that in 2004, Donald Trump kicked Jeffrey Epstein out of Donald Trump's hotel at Mar Largo, Florida, because Epstein was trying to recruit an underage female staffer to go on his uh, plane to Pedophile Island, a plane which Bill Clinton rode on 26 times without Secret Service, which is a big deal. The Secret Service does not easily let a former president go running off on their own for security reasons. 
So something shady was going on at that island for Clinton to blow off the Secret Service protection and go there. But all you see on the Facebook memes is, you know, the Donald Trump, you know, said Jeffrey Epstein was a nice guy. And then, you know, you see Jeffrey Epstein arrested for pedophilia. You don't see where Je Donald Trump kicked Jeffrey Epstein in the ass and threw him out of his hotel, you know. So, you know, those are the things that people have to learn and have to watch out for in elections. And some, you know, of the people that are lazy enough to not go out and vote, but would vote, you know, they'll go sign up online to get their ballot mailed to them. And then they'll sit on their ass in front of the TV and, oh, there's a commercial that said Donald Trump tortures puppies. I'm not voting for Trump, you know. So, I don't know. This country is going to heck in a handbasket. And it's key to point out Frank LaRose is a Republican. But, you know, these vote-by-mail things are just making life easier for the Democratic Party. I mean, they used, they will actually bus their constituents to the uh, boards of elections and have parties and barbecues and cookouts uh, to get their people to come out and vote. That's how hard it is sometimes to get Democrats to go to the polls. So voting by mail is just making it easier for them to stuff the ballot box. And I'm sure it's going to open up a new form of cheating for the Democrats with, you know, all the dead people that we've seen vote and things in the past. So, I mean, that's why I disagree with it. Not discouraging people to, from voting, but it's a responsibility as much as it is a right. You need to be get off your lazy ass and go out there and fight for your country at the ballot box, no matter which party you're voting for. But you don't need to be, you know, titty babied into, you know, voting and here let mommy feed you the bottle, baby. You know, you got a, a right and a responsibility to get out there and do it yourself. So, and if you choose to. neglect your responsibility and you deserve to give up your right I mean simply and plainly putily move on to something else here for a few minutes okay so, we can't just talk politics on here, because that, that gets stale. Let me adjust myself here. The most unprofessional YouTube videos you'll ever see. Let's look at... This weekend's wrestling card. There's a big wrestling match on this weekend. And 
Let's look at the match card and analyze what's going to take place at Money in the Bank. There could be some matches added this um, Friday night. But for right now, let's go down here and find a good one. CBS Sports, they usually have a good breakdown here. So, Money in the Bank... I'll link this in the description. Why not? Matches. The men's money in the bank is Daniel Bryan versus Aleister Black versus Rey Mysterio versus King Corbin, formerly known as Baron Corbin, Otis, and AJ Styles. So... The women's money in the bank is Asuka, the Japanese buzzsaw, uh, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Carmella. So I, I like... Okay, hang on a second here. Let's go up here. Then the WWE men... WWE Championship is Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. I think Drew McIntyre will win that in a really good match. Um, I look forward to seeing Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt after the, uh, the segment Bray Wyatt put together at WrestleMania with John Cena. Uh, it, it very interesting there. Um, I think Bray Wyatt will win. I think he needs to win to keep the Fiend character popular. Then we have the SmackDown Women's Championship, uh, which is uh, Bailey versus Tamina. I think. I think Bailey is going to win that one, but somehow or another, Sasha Banks is going to get involved and uh, they're going to start a feud between Sasha and Bayley. SmackDown Tag Team Championship, The New Day versus The Forgotten Sons. They're kind of like a... The Forgotten Sons are kind of like a biker gimmick. Uh, it's like Sons of Anarchy. The New Day, they're just cool as hell black dudes. I love them. Uh, versus Miz and John Morrison, and L versus Lucha House Party. Um, I say the the New Day retain their titles, and the Miz causes John causes his team to lose, and somehow the the Miz and John Morrison get into a feud. The Raw Tag Team Championships. This will be a great match. Uh, the Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders. Ooh, that, that's going to be a tough one. I say the belts stay with the Street Profits. There's not a lot of tag team action on Raw, though. Uh, Intercontinental Championship, Sammy Zayn um, 
versus Drew Gulak. Ugh. Hate to see Sammy lose, but I think Drew Gulak is going to win that one. Uh, now that I've seen who the champions are. So, for the women's match, it's already been announced that Becky Lynch will wrestle the winner of the women's Money in the Bank on Monday night. So that leads me to think that Shayna Baszler is going to win that one. The one that's a little harder to predict is the men's. Uh, Alistair Black has the hot hand right now. He's the most popular guy. Um, my personal favorite in this match is Otis because he's a big guy like me and he got a really hot blonde chick. And I'm dating a hot brunette chick right now. So, you know, we both overshot the bar. Me in real life and him in his wrestling angle. Um, but, man, I, I would say this is a toss between Aleister Black and AJ Styles. And Daniel Bryan is such a fan favorite. You could put him in a match with many people. Um, if the Fiend Bray Wyatt wins, the Fiend Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan have a history, so that can make for a good world title feud, but I would pick Aleister Black to win this one and start some kind of feud with, uh, um, Drew McIntyre. You know, I don't know if he would cash it in right away or not. But that's your 2020 Money in the Bank show and predictions from moi. And let's take a minute and look through some of today's other headlines. As soon as I create a link for the description here. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you get a link. You get links in the description. If you're on Anchor, uh, I don't know how the technology works. So, um, yeah, I'll figure it out someday. Crawl. Hope everyone is staying healthy, wealthy, and wise out here and uh, the ever-changing ever-evolving pandemic um, you know I'm just filling time right here but have you guys noticed that this has had more twists and turns than oh, oh one of those roller coasters with the loop loop de loops. Has anyone else noticed that? Let me spend about three or five minutes, two or five minutes, talking about headlines in the next segment. You know, leaders. Then our leaders told us we were going to. You know, we're all going to die if we don't hunker down in place. Uh, and all kinds of, you know, just crazy, crazy things. Um, 
Virus cast deep chill over U.S.-China ties. U.S. officials told they may be missing thousands. You know, just when... That's, this is what NBC News is reporting. Um, the officials, official U.S. toll may be missing many thousands. Now, that's, that makes you think that, you know, the toll is missing thousands of dead or sick people. I'll guarantee you, when you read into this article... The, the toll is probably missing thousands because thousands of people had it and never got sick, never got, uh, you know, more than, you know, a, a minor cold or severe cold and didn't go to the doctor. Let's read a couple lines of the article. As President Donald Trump and his allies suggest, the number of fatalities from COVID-19 may be overinflated. Epidemiologists warning the U.S. death toll is actually far higher than official statistics show, but almost surely missing many thousands of virus victims. On paper, more than 72,000 have died from coronavirus, according to NBC News and NBC News tally. So, NBC News is now the official authority on the death toll, evidently, from each state and U.S. territory. But that number is likely in an incomplete picture due to imperfect storm of testing shortages, inconsistent death reporting practices across the country, and high concentration of nursing home deaths. Okay, we kind of already knew this. And... Yeah, it's important for statistics and surveys and stuff to uh, know that. But, you know, the fact is one death is one too many. And, you know, it's debatable if all this shelter-in-place stuff is uh, is really working. Uh, CNN reports, you know, there has to be constant gloom and doom surrounding this to scare us into staying home. CNN, nation, nation's stockpile proves no match for corona pandemic. Now, Trump has been saying this for weeks, months, probably. The national stockpile was short on a lot of things. Okay. As complaints about dire shortages of protective gear for medical workers on the front lines of the COVID-19 crisis stream in, President Donald Trump's quickly appointed the finger to his predecessor, Barack Obama. It was... Obama and other administrations, he said, who left the shelves of the nation's stockpile bare. That's true. And they knew that these pandemics were on their way. They were told about this stuff. It's been out there for years and years. Many, many moons, as they would say. 
that pandemics are on the way. You know, these uh, N1H1, swine flu, bird flu, SARS, um, Ebola, they were all warning signs that they told us years ago. And none of these other administrations came up with a plan. None of them built up the stockpile. None of them replenished the stockpile after they used it. And now this is what we've got. Now, Trump has companies making masks and things by the millions. And there is still, as there was from day one, a fear of shortages. I don't know if those fears are justified or if they're, this is just cannon fodder because CNN has run out of shit to complain about. But the fact is, Trump has been transparent in where the national stockpile is. And if it was bare when he came into office and, you know, yeah, he was told that there's a possible pandemic coming uh, in, you know, what, January, uh, maybe December. That doesn't mean he should have run out and screamed panic in the streets and gone out there and, you know, forced companies to start making products like masks and respirators and uh, other PPE. But you know what? He's asked for help of his business friends, and these people have come to America's aid. You know, uh, he was just up at a plant in, uh, I don't know, Egypt or somewhere, congratulating the workers for doing a good job, the employees, pardon me, for doing a good job of, you know, churning out medical equipment. Um, I think they were a, a plant that makes masks. You know, because he thanked them doesn't make him a good president. I mean, he did a good job. But, you know, Americans pull together and help each other in these times of crises. Uh, So, it's just one of those things. You know, the media has to have something to complain about. There has to be negative. We can't hardly have good stories. You know, it's very hard to find, and I share them as often as I can. Um, But, you know, the number of people cured or healed or recovered, however you want to say it, of COVID-19 far outweighs the number who have died. And, you know what, that's another number that we probably don't have a true grip on. Because unless the person, I would assume... Unless the person goes to the doctor and says, Hallelujah, thank you, doc, I'm cured. How does the doctor report that they were cured or healed, recovered, whatever? You know, if you're not on the end of things where you have to go to the hospital and be admitted, you know, how many people go back to their doctor after they've gotten medication and say, yep, doc, I'm, I'm better, check me out, I, I think I'm healed. 
you know, usually you don't. If you have the flu or a cold or whatever, uh, and the doctor gives you your steroids and your antibiotics, you just go home, you take them, and, you know, when they start to work, you say, thank goodness, and when you're, cured, when you're recovered, you go back to work, you know, or back to your life, and don't think about checking back in with your doctor. I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, that's... That's the way it is for I, for me, 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 me. Oh, guess the video ended. So, anyways, with that, God bless you guys. Thank you for listening, and have a great day, and we'll see you the next time. God bless.